This is Dating After Death, a podcast sorting out all the complicated emotions that come along with looking for love again after losing our forever person. And I am your currently anonymous host. Well, we made it to the final episode of season one. I'm a little sad, actually, that season one is ending. Doing this podcast has really brought so much joy and good purpose to my life, and I love talking with everybody. So I'm lining up so many more interviews for next season, and I can't wait. But it will also be great to take a little break for my family this summer. I am just going to do one more quick plug to make sure you follow the show or subscribe so that if I put out any bonus episodes this summer, which I am hoping to do, that you will get notified of that. And then also it just helps me on the back end to show potential sponsors that people are following along. And on that topic, I would also just ask for you to leave a review, especially an Apple podcast. You can actually write out a review and those mean so much to me. They also help other people who find the show to understand what to expect and hopefully to listen. Thank you for your dedicated listenership. It really, man, it's just filling my heart. I feel like I'm friends with so many of you and I really need you in my life and I'm so grateful for you. So speaking of people that I have become new friends with, today's episode is with the lovely Heather Quizzle. And I'm not gonna lie, I kind of fangirled out a little bit when I asked Heather to be on the podcast and she said yes. Like so many of you, I watched on Instagram as she shared the news of her divorce and I had a lot of questions. And it actually sort of rocked me a little bit. I was in the midst of this relationship and not always feeling totally secure in it. And I feel like it woke me up a little to the fact that, yeah, not everything's gonna work out. And like, you still have to be careful and be mindful and thoughtful about who you're with. Not that Heather's story should be a cautionary tale for all of us, but I certainly was curious if she could give us any insight into what had happened and how she was doing on the other side of that. So I was thrilled to have talked to Heather and to now be a friend of hers. She has so much wisdom to offer and is always very reflective. So I really hope you enjoy this conversation. I'm sure you will. How could you not? (laughs) All right, here we go. I just want to start informally by saying that you're obviously a widow icon. You're widow best friend, as you call yourself. And I feel really super honored that you're willing to talk to me and everyone who's listening about your story, you know, and to tell us what's been happening. So thank you. Well, thank you so much for having me. And it's really fun to meet you after following your account for so long and just being a part of this conversation. I think this will, I think this is an important conversation to have. Yeah. So um, can we like start at the beginning with Larry and have you tell us about your marriage and maybe even how you met and all the yummy things? It's so fun to talk about him. Like yes. so few people say, tell me about your late husband, you know? Yeah. Um, gosh, I met Larry when I was 15 <laughs> and um, he was an incredible man. And we met in high school in Montana and he was an incredible athlete and wrestler. And mm. I just had the privilege of being able to watch him in collegiate wrestling and his parents were just so supportive and flew me all over the country to be able to watch him. And he was just, like I said, just an incredible athlete. And that really carried into everything he did his whole life. He was just very disciplined. He was 
you know, a hard worker, just a good, solid, honorable man. And we spent 25 years of our lives together. And we have three children. They were 10, 13, and 16 when he passed away. They had an incredible father. And I try and remind them, like, they, they got more out of him in just 10 or 13 or 16 years of their lives than most will get their entire lifetime from yeah. their father. Yeah. What a blessing to to really have had him in their lives and whether they want to believe it or not, like he taught them everything. Hmm. He taught them enough to carry them through their yeah. lifetime here on earth. And, you know, for me as a woman, um, I'm three and a half years out from his death and that puts me in a place. Um, I'm just incredibly grateful. I'm just yeah. incredibly grateful that I spent so much of my life with him and what I learned from him and the way I was loved by him mm. and the person that he made me in his life and in his death. I'm I'm good. I love that. Like that feels really hopeful to me, especially for you know, thinking back to what it's like in that first year. And even now I'm in my I'm coming up on the second year anniversary really soon. And I just feel like hearing you say that just to know that like you can get to a place of gratitude and, you know, obviously we know the grief never ends and sometimes it's still just shitty and all of that. But like for the predominant feeling to be gratitude is, feels really hopeful for my heart. (laughs) Yeah. And hold on to that. Cause I, you know, that's one thing. Um, I taught preschool for 10 years Mm. and as crazy as it is, I witnessed so many young children lose their fathers. Really? Like an absurd amount. That's interesting. And, and, you know, that was 20 years ago. And I have, you know, through social media, watched their mothers. Yeah. And um, I just kept holding on to, like, I've seen, I've seen these children Mm. become incredible, go to college and get these huge degrees. And I've watched their mothers just create a healthy new life, you know? And, and I just held on to that. Like other women have done it. I can yeah. do it too. Yes. And, and, and so for you, you know, man, coming up on that second anniversary, that's its own kind of hell. Yeah, totally. I remember it well, but just hold on to that. That's but I think really... that's like why social media is such a beautiful thing, because those of us in the fresher bits of it get to watch those of you who have a little more experience. And like, for me, I just like, I need it. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, it's like air to see, oh, they're making it and they're doing it and their kids are amazing. And my kids can be amazing too. And yes, you know, all of yes. that. Hold it, hold it fiercely. Okay. So what were the years just after Larry died like for you and the kids? I mean, they're like, they were for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> feel it come up in my chest Mm. they were like they are for you yeah overwhelming a fog you know it's it's hell but when you say hell like what other words do we have it was devastating okay we hear that all the time I'm devastated that you know my best friend is moving you know like my kids were devastated because they wore the wrong pants to school like Mm -hmm. my life was obliterated and even that I don't know that people understand when I use that word, when you use that word, yeah, what kind of gravity we put behind something like that. Yeah. I've had a few friends actually reach out and just say like, I've been listening to your podcast and I don't think I have any idea what you're going through. You know, it's like, of course you don't. Like, I don't want you to, but yeah, I mean, it's, whew, okay. 
I don't usually cry doing this, Heather. <laughs> well, are we even doing it right if we're not crying? <laughs> Good point. <laughs> okay. Are, are there any other things you want to say about Larry? Or I mean, yes, I want to talk about him all day long, but also I'm on a podcast about dating after death. <laughs> okay, and, let's get to that. <laughs> and really, truly, there are some things that are really important yeah. to me to share good. with your okay. audience. Okay, good. So why don't you tell us the story then of how you met your now ex-husband? <sighs> let's just sit on that for a second. Yeah. Three and a half years out from Larry's death. And I'm already remarried and divorced. It's just another part of the story. Just another part of the story. And I feel like I need to quantify it, like who I was before, right? And what my life was like before. And But mm-hmm. honestly, none of it really matters. Like, here I am. I think, you know, you asked what was life after Larry died like. And you know what it's like. Um, and also, what I've learned in being in the widow space is... We all cope and survive in some way. Mm -hmm. And we all do it very differently based on what our biggest fears are, what is affecting us the most, Mm -hmm. um, what's the hardest. Um, And I've thought about this a lot just in being invited to speak on this space. I'm starting to shake. I had really never known myself not as a wife. Mm -hmm. Like you think about, 25 years with a man. I met him at 15, first baby at 22. And I really loved being a wife. Yeah. I really love the roles in a home with a husband and a wife, mm-hmm. shared children. And I really didn't know what I was without him and without being a wife. Yeah. So let me just lay that there. And I had a lot of fears about raising my children alone. Mm-hmm. Most children today, like half or something ridiculous like that, grow up in uh, divorced homes. I I did too. I didn't like it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I didn't like having to uh, bounce around between my parents. I didn't like... Anyway, I think this is important to understand. Like I said, we all come with these various insecurities, these various fears, and these were real for me. These were real for me. And I loved... Larry fiercely. I think that's so relatable, at least for me, but I'm assuming for other people too, just about like only knowing yourself as a wife. I know there's a whole contingency of people who that's not their story, but for those of us who are married young and, you know, it's like, this is a real identity shifter. It's a real identity shifter and it is your home. Like, yeah, I haven't felt at home. I haven't felt at home since he died, like he was my home. Yeah. That foundation, that groundedness that, you know, I was building a career and I was, Mm -hmm. you know, building this platform and I had a voice and I was successful by many people's measures because I had this solid, grounded, healthy Mm -hmm. marriage that gave me the freedom, which I now know is a luxury Mm -hmm. to do and be whoever I wanted to be. And he was gone. Yeah. And he was gone. So I, uh, I actually, I don't even think I can call it dating. I, I'm not, I, I, I didn't date after death and I didn't mm. want to date. I didn't, I didn't want to do any of it. Like I didn't want to do any of it. I did yeah. not want to date. And, um, Larry was a very good friend and, um, 
his friends very much were reeling from his loss as well. And so what do they do? They check on you. Yeah. So it was not out of the ordinary for his friends to take me to dinner, to take me out for a drink, um, to get me out of the house. This was normal. I was suddenly having drinks with guys all the time, which was, again, not, that was not something I ever did. Totally. And he had this one particular friend uh, that had been divorced for a number of years. Um, I'd known him for quite a while and we ran into each other one day and he invited me out to dinner and I thought nothing of it. Totally normal. He's missing Larry. And by the end of that dinner, I think we were both looking at each other like, did something just change? Mm-hmm. Did the energy of this exchange just change in some way? Mm-hmm. And it was exciting. Yeah. Can I ask how long was this after Larry had died? It's way too soon. It was. Oh, that's a judgmental. Three, four months. I feel like my therapist I mean, is I like, judge take, it. The, take the judgment judge out it. of that statement and yeah. say it again. Yeah. <laughs> that's what my therapist is always telling me. Yeah. It was like three, four months. Okay. You, you know, were in we survival mode. And, you know, something at that dinner changed. And I'm actually right now trying to channel for you how exciting it was, actually. Totally. But it's hard now because I'm divorced from him. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, but, you know, at the time it was just, it was exciting. And um, we started texting a lot. And it was so wonderful to have a adult that was constantly texting me that was like, hey, how'd you sleep last night? Or have you ever seen this movie? You want to go see this movie? And, you know, like after three months, nobody's bringing you casseroles anymore. Yeah. Nobody's staying with you anymore. You are on your own to figure out life on your own. And I suddenly had like a person and that felt really good. It progressed really quickly. And um, I try and look back because everybody asks were you distracting yourself from grief? Um, I don't know, probably, maybe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and also, I was actively open and willing to rebuild my life with another man. Yeah. I think that there's, like, I, I felt that too, right? Like, the, the new dating, that companionship, but also, like, there's this thing where you're like, oh, I can do this again. I can find somebody again. I can, like, settle down again. I can be a partner or a wife again. I can do it, you know, and I'm just willing to do it. I'm willing to do it. I can do this. Like Larry, I loved you and you're not here. And I gotta, I gotta, I gotta figure this out. And, you know, I was, you know, so this man presents himself as incredibly loving Mm -hmm. and adventurous and like into me. And he's saying things like, you don't have to do this alone. I'll, Mm -hmm. I'll help you. Like, you don't have to raise the kids alone. We'll figure it out. Wow. She didn't get to college. She went, we'll figure it out. Like, you're, you know, your boy needs to go out hunting this season. Like I'll, I'll take him. Like he was stepping into an empty space. He, he was stepping yeah. into it. And I was like, okay, like I can do this. This feels good. And I like, I, I want to like falling in love when you haven't fallen in love in 25 years mm. is so exciting. Yeah. Thank you for saying <laughs> that. Seriously. It's so exciting. It's, it's so exciting. And you haven't felt this like alive in so many ways. And then, and then quickly it's this, like, I'm alive when I'm with him. And then when he's not, I'm back to being a widow and Mm -hmm. sobbing and devastated. And it was this whole, like living two lives thing. Mm. 
there's just so much to navigate. That's its own podcast, right? Yeah, I, mean, I know. Like, I was just thinking, like, I have so much to say, but I'm gonna like zip it. So. There's there's so much, um, and also it was a really bad deal. Mm. I got into a really bad deal. Do you feel like he was um, presenting as one thing and was actually something else, or was he swept up in the excitement of it all as well? Or can you like, do you feel like you have the space enough to give insight into? What happened? Yeah, you're asking that because I've literally been uh, divorced for like a minute. <laughs> well, and like, I just want you to share what you're comfortable with, you know? Yeah, but... I, I think I would love to believe that he is genuine. And I, and I think that there is a part of him who is. Mm-hmm. But is he capable of being genuine? Mm-hmm. Is he capable of being what he presented? My experience says no. And whether that was presented in a disingenuous way or this is just somebody who's not capable. Yeah. I don't know. But um, we got married quickly. We built a house together quickly. We moved in together quickly. We did all the things quickly. Um, Mm -hmm. And it, shit, I was just going to say it and it felt right. And also, if I was really listening, it did not. But it was going so fast. Listening that. to your intuition or? Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. my intuition. And my intuition, and, and, and this I really struggled with. I was married to him for two years. I really struggled because is this grief? Mm. Do I like one moment I can feel like this is right? And then the next minute I'm like, this is wrong. This, this mm-hmm. something's not right. And I did not know what to believe for the first time in my life, a woman who has lived her life and built a life and career based on intuition and knowing, I suddenly didn't know myself. I didn't Mm -hmm. know my own mind. I didn't know any of these emotions. I did not know. Mm -hmm. And so I kept pushing myself forward thinking, you're just afraid. It's just the grief. You know what you're doing. You've always known what you're doing. Mm -hmm. You know, um, pay attention to how he lights you up. Like, Mm. you know, but there were just these little signs. And I think that's really what I want to make sure that I share here. Because as a woman who met a boy at 15 and spent 25 years with him, I had no dating experience. Yeah. Larry was such an incredible man. Like the, the, the true example of like what a man is and how a man behaves in the world as a father Mm -hmm. with a woman with his wife he was really the most squeaky clean you can Mm -hmm. and so I didn't I assumed because this man was a friend of my husband's because I knew him I assumed he would also be a man yeah and when you have such a shining example of a husband and a father. For me, I tend to believe the best in everybody, you yeah. know, and I'm like, well, he can yeah. get there. He can do it too. You know, Yeah. you don't want to believe some people just don't have that. You don't. So. Oh goodness. <laughs> there's all of that. Yeah. When did you feel like in the midst of this marriage, you knew that it was not in the best interest of your family? Three months in, I asked for a divorce for the first time. Three months after your marriage? Three months after I married him. Wow, okay. And again, (laughs) I love marriage. I love being a wife. I take vows very seriously. 
but I realized that I did not get myself into the kind of marriage that you stick it out for. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know phrases or words like gaslighting. Mm-hmm. I didn't know. Can you explain that? It's when somebody tries to make you believe that something didn't actually happen. Mm. It's a psychological game of confusion. Mm. You feel something um, and they try and make you believe that you didn't feel it or that you're crazy Mm. or uh, that you aren't remembering a scenario correctly. It is an intentional game of manipulation with your thoughts and emotions. That's really dangerous. And with a woman who just lost the love of her life and mm-hmm. is experiencing grief, and y'all know how confusing grief is, it was hard to know what was true. Yeah. My own confusing feelings or what he's telling me, and he's clearly grieving, so maybe he does. And I've always been a woman who trusts her husband's judgment. Yeah. You know, I, 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 didn't, I didn't know these kinds of things. I didn't know, like, narcissism. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't know. I didn't know any of this emotional abuse. I thought emotional abuse was obvious. Like yeah. somebody screaming at you that you're an idiot in front of your children. Like that's okay, sure. Yeah. Okay. Like that's what I, I, I thought it was obvious. And I thought I would know if I was being messed with, like I would yeah. know if I was being abused, it would be very obvious. Yeah. This was not obvious. Yeah. Yeah. That. That made me think about what I was going to say, which is just this um, this idea that you're talking about, about is it grief or should I be trusting my intuition, right? Mm-hmm. It's like in this scenario, since we haven't walked it before, most of us, we don't know what's real and what is normal, quote unquote, and right? And so then you just, I mean, for me, I attribute so much of my confusion to grief. Sometimes you just have to step back and be like, no, actually that was just shitty. Or that just like, I disagree with that at my core, right? Yes. And it's so hard to know the difference. And like, this is basically why I even have the page. Cause I'm just like, I don't know. I'm just going to put it all out there and see if this sticks with anybody. (laughs) No kidding. No (laughs) kidding. And that's just it. Am I feeling this? Because I would have felt this on any normal day? Or am I feeling this because uh, I'm a widow and Larry's not here? And is he wrapped up in this and I don't even realize that he's wrapped up in this or my emotions about him wrapped up in this? And it's very easy to see how you can very quickly get wrapped up in a situation you should be wrapped up in. Yeah. I remember when, when my husband very first died, I remember thinking like, oh my gosh, from now until forever, people are going to look at me and be like, that poor girl, right? Like, oh, and I was like, I don't want that. I'm like a strong woman. I don't want that. And I think that there's definitely this piece where it's like, if I can get to a relationship faster, then I'm not just a widow anymore. How quickly can I run from this label? Yeah. And how quickly can I rebuild and get out of that season of my life? Totally. And like, for me, I'm realizing like, oh no, I'm just going to embrace that. Like, I know some people don't want to be defined by it and and that's fine too. But like, I'm just like, I just want to like, hold on to it and own it. And then like, walk alongside whoever else with it, like carrying this too. And that's where like, we start to get into comparison. I'm like, I envy that, my friend. Well, I mean, I'm saying it. I don't know if I can actually do it. (laughs) Well, you already are. You already are. You know, I'm the kind of girl that's looking for the blessings Mm -hmm. in all the shit storms. Mm -hmm. And uh, 
when Larry died, I in no way, shape or form wanted to be alone or raise these kids alone or be a Mm -hmm. widow. Um, After living with and marrying and divorcing him, freaking excited to be alone, Mm -hmm. freaking excited to raise these kids on my own. I am freaking proud to be a widow and be figuring it out and proving to myself that I have the guts, the confidence and the courage uh, to just sit here and be in this space and whatever God brings to me in his own timing, in his own way, surprise me, dude. (laughs) But I'm also really glad to be here. Yeah. And I think that's coming across really clearly. When I watch you on Instagram, I'm just like, man, she is just owning it. And that is super empowering. So small wins. Yeah. Yes. 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 That's actually a huge win. That's actually a huge win. And it's funny, like you're saying, oh, you envy this or the comparison. It's like, I feel like we're all sort of in this cycle of if we could just like continue to build each other up. This is the amazing thing about the community. Yeah, you do something awesome, and then I'm inspired, and I'll do something awesome. You know, yes. so true. It's like this upward spiral. Yeah, hopefully that's yes. the goal. <laughs> um, so I do have this question, sort of lingering about how your people and your family and the chorus responded to you getting married. Well, it's important to know that I have never given a shit about the chorus, <laughs> and I envy that. <laughs> I'm going to do what I want to do. And when I make a decision, you cannot change it. Mm. So the only person that said something was my mom. And she said, what if you're making a mistake? Mm -hmm. To which I confidently said, I might be. (laughs) I might be. Okay. And I'll figure that out too when I get there. Now, of course, in hindsight, and, um, you know, everybody saw the flags that I wasn't willing to admit, but nobody wanted to say anything. Yeah. And, you know, bless them. Yeah. Bless them for that too. Because, um, you know, as one of my friend puts it, she goes, I knew to continue to have your trust and maintain friendship with you. I needed to just support you. Mm -hmm. Even if it was against what I thought you maybe should be doing. And I respect that. Yeah. I was going to say, do you agree with that? madly. Yeah, yeah, me too. And I, it, you know, you, you have to be really careful that you don't blame people. I've got some anger towards my grief counselors. Mm. Where, where, where were you guys? Mm. <laughs> why, why were you not the ones saying, Hey, red flags, mm. you know, especially the grief counselor that turned into our marital counsel mm. counselor, even before we were married. Like why? But we have to be very careful not to place blame and, yeah. and especially on ourselves. And we're human and we're going to, we're going to feel that you're going to have that come up. It's going to be a part of your story, but you really want to attach yourself to it. You really want to hold on to it. You really mm-hmm. want to roll around in it because it's not fun and it goes nowhere. Yeah. At the end of the day, I made decisions at the end of the day. He was who he is. Yeah. And this goes back to choosing the story you want to tell yourself. And we have to choose as widows, the story we tell ourselves about his death, about being a widow, about what that means. At the end of the day, I allowed myself the freedom to fall in love. Mm -hmm. And I had the courage to follow my heart. And I had a life experience 
that has made me incredibly wise, has given me a lot of perspective, has taught me a lot about what other women go through. Yeah. And, and parts of relationships I didn't know. And also divorcing him quickly was also a huge act of self-love. Mm-hmm. I gave myself permission uh, to be a divorced woman. Yeah. Permission to leave. I uh, held on to the courage to withstand the aftermath of what people say about me, what he wants people to believe about me, and also still showing up here in this space going, guys, I told you there was love after loss and I just divorced him because it was not what I wanted it to be. And more what I believed it to be or what I presented it to be. And it's so important that you're still here telling the story, you know, if it would have just been a disappearance, right, then none of us get to learn from it. And like, you don't have a responsibility to do that. But damn, I think we're all really super grateful. The thing is, I do feel a responsibility. And sometimes like, this is when I get really angry with God. I'm like, dude, I don't want to be Mm -hmm. that poster child for you Mm -hmm. to do your work. (laughs) I don't want to, but at the same time, I I do. I I have felt very strongly from the moment Larry died, I have felt a responsibility to share the experience out loud. I don't know why. It's just in me. Agreed. In this experience too, like, you know, once you kind of get your bearings and, you know, and I really look around and see what I learned here, this would have been nice if I had access to this information. Yeah. Um, probably, I probably wouldn't have listened to it. <laughs> but you all are. Yeah. You're soaking it in. You're trying to Absolutely. learn. You want to avoid the traps. Um, and, and applying I'm, it to my relationship and mm-hmm. making sure, yeah. Yeah. And in that way, if I can help you, I'm very happy to 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 share this story. Yeah. So this might not, this might be easy for me to say because I didn't live through it, but um, I think what I'm, what I'm thinking about hearing you, first of all, is like just the power and strength there is in stepping into like, it doesn't matter what society labels me as. I'm going to step into being a divorced woman, quote unquote, whatever it's worth it. Who gives a shit? But like, So that power, but then also just like that every experience we have is a learning opportunity. And even though this was shitty, that like you're coming out the other side of it, this super strong, more knowledgeable woman. I don't know. It's it's like I just want to like remove all of the negativity out of the experience from, you know, like divorce gets such a bad rap sometimes it's actually just healthier right as obviously yeah. you know yeah um there is a question in here somewhere <laughs> it is um what do you think are the top few things you really learned about yourself going through all this as an individual woman i know what's right for me i will probably always define this marriage as my biggest mistake, but also as a huge learning lesson. And even if I look at this as one of my biggest mistakes, I still know I knew what was right for me. Yeah. 
it may have been right for me to step into this mistake. If it wasn't him, it would have been somebody else. Mm -hmm. And it could have been somebody else that would have messed me up a lot more financially took a lot more. Yeah. Yeah. I had to learn this lesson somehow. I think also what we all learn as widows is we can withstand a lot more than we could ever imagine. Yeah. We, yes. we do figure it out. It feels impossible. You figure it out. And I think going through my loss with Larry um, puts a lot of things in perspective. I'm going to go through a divorce now. Yep. You know what? <laughs> so what? This yeah. is just a pain in my ass. Losing Larry was devastating. And having that ability to like, we are just talking about gossip right now. This will not affect me. Larry's loss affects me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and I, and I, the same thing with my kids, like, whoa, like what we have learned, what my children, what my girls have learned at 14 and 20 that I didn't learn until I was 44. Mm. Right. And, um, I've learned I am one smart bitch. Yeah. <laughs> I have also learned I'm a crazy bitch when I have to be. <laughs> and I have a lot of respect for the crazy bitches because crazy bitches become crazy because <laughs> they've been pushed there. <laughs> I got a lot of respect now for that crazy bitch that throws everything out on the front lawn. Like I know how that girl got there. Trust me, as one smart woman, she done. She done. <laughs> Yeah. So I make light, but, um, no, I mean, but these are, these are, these are powerful lessons. Yeah. And you're developing empathy for other people's <laughs> right. like, you know, what seems crazy to society is mm -hmm. like, no, this is just circumstance. Yeah. I think one of my greatest learning lessons is, um, I can be okay. Whatever life hands me. Yeah. This may not, Larry's loss may not be the biggest. And it won't be the last. Yeah. And I think when you come to that realization, you either go, well, I'm screwed for life. Or you go, okay, I've got a lot more tools for devastation than I did before he died. Yeah. You know, you start gathering these tools and gathering mm -hmm. your resources and gathering the wisdom. I'll be a lot more equipped next yeah. time. Whatever that is, it could be one of my children. You know how it could be one of my grandchildren. Yeah, I feel like I want to like put up a wall when you say that. Like, nope, <laughs> you know, like, but we, can we don't know. Wall, but we're, we still, we're still damn young. Yeah, I know. A lot of life. Larry had a grandmother named Lois. She lived to be 101 years old. So <laughs> she was my grandmother for like 20 years. Yeah. She buried three men in her lifetime. Oh, my goodness. I never, ever heard Lois complain, never heard her bitch, never heard her gossip. That woman didn't take medications. She was swimming with dolphins at 90 years old. Yes. You know, Let's all be like Lois. And we, we bowling, you know, at 101. Because she saw the hard stuff, right? I'm not seeing the hard stuff. 101 years old, she's been through all the wars. Mm -hmm. The depression, bearing three men, like Ooh, tell me about that woman's wisdom, perspective, yeah. and faith. I know who I want to be like. Yeah. Looking back on this whole thing, 
like, do you go through these times of like, if I could have done something differently, I would have done this. Or if somebody else is walking a similar path, what advice do you feel like you have to offer? Yeah, those are two different questions. Yeah. Okay. Let's go with the first one. (laughs) Do I have those thoughts like shoulda, coulda, woulda? Absolutely. We all do. But the problem is if you sit with those too long, they make you feel like crap. Yeah. I don't like to feel like crap. And I get awfully sick of shaming myself. Like yeah. it goes nowhere. Yeah. So yeah, I feel them. And, and I'll go through them every day. But the majority of my day, I'm like, let that go, girl. You yeah, learned so something. You learned something. But yeah, I'll still cry every now and be frustrated. And God, if only I hadn't. But who knows what else would come my way. Right, exactly. But I think the more empowering question is what have I learned that I can pass on to you who's listening? And I think that is uh, number one, your energy. The energy you hold in your body and the beliefs that you hold about yourself attract people to you. And when I was my most broken and shattered and most full of fear, I attracted somebody that maybe took advantage of those feelings, right? Yeah. That attracted that energy to me. That's really insightful. So that makes me really mindful. And I, and I want to share that we can be widows and devastated. What is the energy inside? Is it filled with uh, darkness or filled with hope, faith, light? Yeah. And that's something I've, I've really had to pay attention to. Can I ask you a follow-up about that? Mm -hmm. How do we juxtapose that with this idea that like stepping into new relationship or dating, there's always an element of fear maybe some sense of, I don't know if I'm ready or I'm always going to be grieving. How do you see those two things coexisting? Can you repeat that? Yeah. So like, you know, you're basically saying you're going to attract what you're putting out into the world, but stepping into new relationship after your spouse or your partner dies is scary and somewhat fearful. There's so many emotions wrapped up in the whole thing that if we waited until we were stable or like filled with hope and light, right? It might never start. So like, how do you see that? I think if I could go back and what would maybe have weeded out a suitor, Mm. owning where I'm at, Mm -hmm. instead of walking around on eggshells, not wanting to hurt his feelings, make him upset, say the wrong thing. Dude, Mm -hmm. I'm a widow. I'm still going to talk about my late husband. If that's a problem for you, we probably should stop here. Instead, I was like, oh, like I, I can't lose another man. So you start tiptoeing around. You start making mm. accommodations. You start diminishing who you are to make somebody else feel better. Or, you know, I, I really feel strongly that if you are dating somebody that can't handle any of it, mm-hmm. then he does not have the confidence or any right to be stepping anywhere near this family. Yeah, I could not agree more with that. And it takes a really confident man to, or a woman to be able to do that. I think it very much would. Yeah. And I think it would take a very confident dating partner to say, I think maybe let's just go have coffee and leave it at that. Yeah. If they can see that maybe they're not ready for what you want to get right. to the table. Yeah. Right. That's where, you know, as widows, we're going to feel fear. We have it. It's alive and it's vibrant. But just to name it, you feel like it's just name it, claim it, claim it, own it. And if, you know, if the other person can handle it, awesome. Step one complete. Like you Mm -hmm. just, we can go to level two. Yeah. Yeah. 
that wasn't something I was strong enough to do. I'm a little embarrassed by that. Mm. And also it was what it, it was. Is. Yeah. It is what it is. Yeah. That's where I was. So you talked a little bit about your kids going through all this. How do you feel like your kids were living with a new man? And did they ever talk to you about concerns or issues they saw? No. And in the beginning, it was good for all of us. Mm -hmm. We were feeling the whole um, in our home. You know, we were going and doing things and, you know, he was taking us fishing and camping and it felt good. And of course my kids trust him because they knew him too. Like my son's been hunting with him, you know, how many times growing up as a kid. So it was just very normal. We did a lot of vocalizing how weird Mm -hmm. it was. Like, this is weird for me too. Like, I know it's weird. It's okay for it to be weird, but my kids in particular, and this is very much a quizzle trait. You just don't get into other people's business. But I'm very vocal with my kids, and so I shared a lot of business. Once we were married, and COVID hit quickly after we got married, and that's when some dynamics in the house were concerning. But then, you know, it was like, well, it's not supposed to be easy. Like, we're a new family, Mm -hmm. a blended family, and the counselor told us it could take seven years for us to feel blended. and. You know, and so it's, oh, okay, well, this is normal. Yeah. But the deeper and deeper we got, I, I could, I can see and feel what my kids weren't saying. Yeah. And maybe they couldn't even articulate for themselves. I was seeing right. and yes. I was watching and we were just deep in it. And yeah. I had a lot of things to figure out. How do I get out now financially? Like, what will he take? Yeah. What does this look like? Um, yeah. Housing market went sky high. I will have to buy this house and it's now this month. Yeah. There was, and, and, and also, I'm, am I ready to be divorced? Like, am I ready for that? Am I like, there's just so much to do when you have to undo a legal partnership. Yeah. Let me just say though, then the day he left, my home and my children were completely different. Mm-hmm. There was no going back. Mm-hmm. Like I knew instantly my kids' behaviors, their faces, their energy, the conversations, how we spent our time, mm-hmm. how we felt in the home. We were instantly back yeah. to being that family when Larry was alive, mm-hmm. just without Larry. So then is it more painful again? No. Mm -hmm. He's missing. Yeah. Like the familiarity. What is the word for it? It is. We are good. Mm. We are solid. Yeah. We are at home. Yeah. I'm really happy to hear that. (laughs) We know how to, we know how to build our home. We know how to remake our lives. We have been through some shit. And we are really strong together and we yeah. are good. Yeah. And you have Winston to love. And now we have Winston. And my <laughs> gosh, girl, if I'd have just known at month three that all I needed was a dog, <laughs> I could have skipped over all of this. <laughs> I mean, that is one cute dog. <laughs> oh my gosh. So cute. All right. Are you up for some quick questions? Yeah. Okay. So you didn't do any online dating. 
No online dating. You're my first guest who hasn't tried it. No. <laughs> All right. Um, so this is interesting for you. Would you consider getting married again someday? Um, I have no desire to seek that. Mm. And I also trust in God. Mm. And if that comes into my life and it feels right, I'll know how to do that. Yeah. But I'm very comfortable being right where I am. Yeah. I've been thinking a lot about this and about like, what is it exactly that I'm looking for if I want marriage? It's such a, there's so much to unpeel there. There is. And at this point, if God has me riding solo for the rest of my life, I mean, you've seen the Bridgertons. Uh, Lady <laughs> Danbury, hello. I know. I'll be just fine. Such a badass. <laughs> Betty White, hello. I'll be just fine. That's right. Could you envision having more kids? God, no. Uh-uh. Don't. No. No. I'm 44. My youngest is 14. This girl is done. Okay. All right. Same. Did you ever or would you consider sexual experiences with individuals who have a different gender than your husband, your late husband? No, no. And I don't mean to say it like, but no. Okay. Just no for you. No. Okay. Will you be in the future open to setups from your friends? Yeah. Mm. My friends are wise. Good. Got to have the wisdom of the friend first Mm -hmm. and then take their advice. Actually, they tell me I may not go out until they have vetted. Oh, yeah, yeah, (laughs) of course. Yes. Um, In those three months and then again now, do you feel the widow's fire? I think I did. Okay. I didn't know what it was at the time. Yeah. But I was, um, you you mean like the sexual desire? Is that what what it is? Yes. I remember waking up being like really physically missing him. Yeah. And are you feeling that now as well? No. (laughs) No. Not at all. All right. Let us know when it pops back in. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Would you date somebody named Larry or who looks like him? Oh, there's a comfort in that. Hmm. But then no. Okay. Because I would need to be his own man. Okay. Knowing you haven't done the online dating apps, do you see that in your future? I hope not. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I hope not. (laughs) Just like where everyone is. Like, do I really have to do this? Did you ever call your ex-husband Larry's name? No. Mm, Good restraint. (laughs) Okay. Um, You gave us two songs to add to our Spotify playlist. The first one was Be All Right. Uh Can you tell us about it? Um, This is a Christian number, and I just love any message that reminds me I'm going to be all right. Yeah. And it's, um, I actually gave you two of the same Mm -hmm. kind of, because the other one, Better by, I think it's Britt McColl. Yeah. I played this on repeat after Larry passed Mm. away. It's just a message like, Hey girl, I see you there in the mm. back doubting yeah. everything. Trust me, it gets better. Yeah. What is one thing you're looking forward to? Because of where I've been, I am really enjoying this period of proving to myself how much I'm capable of. Yeah. It's just the time period. Like you're looking forward to time. I'm looking forward to discover you. Can I swear? 
Yeah, a few times already. So good. Well, I, I, I try not to, but the motto here is: I'm really excited about the summer with my kids because we can do whatever the fuck we want. Yeah. Yes. We can go wherever we want. Yes. We can invite anybody over that we want. Like I'm just excited that it's like just me and my kids. Yes. And I'm in control. <laughs> And I really love to be in control. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. I just saw this post the other day and I was like, that's it. This woman was like, okay, obviously it sucks to be a widow, but I'm making all the decisions in my family. And I feel like a kid in a candy store. Like nobody's telling me no. I'm just going to like do whatever. And it's yes. so empowering. It is. It yeah. Is, it is. And like, let it be. Yeah. Yes. Like, I, I think it was a week after Larry died, I painted the fireplace. Why? Because I could. Yeah. Yes. I didn't have to run it past anybody. And I was like so devastated who was gone. But there was this piece of me that I was like, this is really cool. Yeah. I just want to paint it today and I'm going to go pick it out by myself. And like, it's, it's yeah. amazing. And then the like, for me, the life goal is like to hold on to that and find somebody else who can do it with you and you could both be what you want to be. Maybe, right? Or maybe not. Maybe just keep being awesome by yourself. <laughs> by you, I mean me. No, I'll take either. I'll take either. Yes. So Heather, thank you again for your vulnerability. You obviously do a lot of thinking about how your voice impacts the rest of us and it's sort of intangible. You know, it's like, this is the beauty I think of Instagram is like we see you every day and we're watching you go through this immensely hard thing again and you're just killing it. And I think like, you know, I, it's very inspiring and I'm so grateful for you and for your voice and for your interview and all of these things. Thank you for that. It was a pleasure to talk to you. Hey, you too. I love yes. seeing like the Wizard of Oz behind the curtain. <laughs> I don't think it's that well of a kept secret, which is fine by me too. <laughs> so fun. All right, Heather. I hope we touch base again. For sure. Okay. Absolutely. Bye. Well, that's it. The end of season one. It was such a great time. Thank you all again so much for listening. Just a last reminder to subscribe or follow the show so you don't miss anything this summer. I hope you all have the best summer that you could possibly have under your circumstances. I will still be here on Instagram for sure. Or you could always reach me at my email, which is datingafterdeathpodcast at gmail.com. But, you know, I'm probably most responsive through Instagram. Just DM me. All right, friends, widow sisters, brothers. This has been Dating After Death. See you soon.